How do I deal with my partner's denial? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. a question that uh, I've heard once or twice or a thousand <laughs> times in the last Many year, times. which is good news. We got a lot of uh, <laughs> answers, I think, and discussion to be had on this episode. So I think so too. This one's going to be interesting too, though, because it's look coming from a different angle as well. Usually we get that from like a betrayed spouse or wife about their addicted partner and it's actually coming from the other angle today too a little bit so it'll be kind of an interesting discussion but before we we dive into the discussion we have some really exciting news um i think it's been a long time coming and um it's really it's really by popular demand i would say tyler um we are we do have our women's retreat coming um we finally have it scheduled (laughs) <laughs> it's our Radiant Dawn yeah. conference, and it's scheduled for March 24th, which is a Thursday, um, and it goes through the weekend. So um, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be down in southern Utah, and uh, yeah, food is provided, lodging, and most importantly, just a, a real life-changing experience for women to to learn how to step into their femininity and who they really are. So I'm, I'm way excited about it. Um, Tyler, do you want to tell them how to find information about it? Yeah, this is, uh, again, something that I'm really excited about, too. We've gotten a lot of feedback from a lot of the women who are listening to the podcast, and we've got, like, the perfect place to set for it, too. So find it at radiant, uh, radiantdawnconference.com is the best place to go to it. You can also reach out via the other channels with just submitting questions or anything. But it's important that if you want to come, we've opened it up and the first 15 people get it at $500 off at $1,000. Yeah. Would, so the normal price is 1500 but the first 15 people that sign up will be at so, 1000 So food, lodging, and the retreat um, for two and a half to three days, all for 1000 bucks. You can't beat that, um, and but you got to get in early in order to get that price. So the first 15 get that. So head over to radiantdawnconference.com, and that's D-A-W-N, Dawn, um, conference.com. Right. Get signed up as fast as possible, and we can't wait to see you there. All right, Brandon, should we Let's jump into it. this? All right, we got a great caller coming in. Rahul, this is uh, your first time on the show, but you've been a long-time listener. Yes, that's right. Awesome. Why don't you just introduce yourself and uh, just kind of share any of the background that you feel comfortable with and ask your question, and we'll go from there. Sure. Thank you. Hi, um, my name is Rahul. I'm living in San Antonio, Texas. Um, so my background, I want to start with saying I am a sexaholic. I identify as that now, and I've been in recovery for that for two and a half years. Um, my wife initially discovered my acting out four years ago. 
Um, it took me a little while to get into recovery, figure out that I needed it. Um, but I got there eventually. Um, and we can get into my background and my addiction to uh, sex and lust um, if we want to, but it's been a lifelong addiction. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably pretty common. Um, what, uh, where my question comes from, though, is um, about two years ago, so six months after I started recovery, my wife came to me and told me that she had kissed her friend and she felt really good about that and she wanted to have sex with him. And she was asking me for an open marriage so she could have sex with another guy. Um, I said no initially. And after three weeks of talking about it and lots of what I would say is manipulation, um, I gave in and I agreed to it. Um, it's a really difficult time in my life and I leaned hard on my recovery program. Uh, I'm also an alcoholic and I started going to AA meetings at, this, at that time so I could go to meetings every day. Um, and so that, that lasted about three months. She, she had that affair. Um, and um, then a year ago, it started to happen again. And this time it was a, a different guy. She said she had gotten in touch with her, with an ex-boyfriend, started talking to him and she'd want to go and help him with something at his house with his home business. She had some excuse. And so she started going to see, going to his apartment every Sunday. Um, and a, a month into that, I was getting suspicious about something that something was going on, that something had happened. And I asked what had happened because uh, one time she was late getting home. She had gone in the morning. It was midday, late in the afternoon, and she wasn't home yet. And I texted and asked what was going on. And she told me in text that, sorry, I fell, I fell asleep. <laughs> and she was getting home. I'm like, okay. I was, fell asleep at ex-boyfriend's apartment. Mm -hmm. doesn't, doesn't feel right. So a few days later, I asked about that. And she admitted that she that she made out with him and was cuddling with him in bed and they fell asleep together. And that's it. That's all that happened. And she continued to see him every Sunday after that, even after that. Um, I thought she stopped seeing him in January. Um, then through some snooping in May, I learned that wasn't true. Um, and I don't know now if she's still seen him. And she has decided several months ago that Sunday is her day out. We have three kids, by the way, uh, ages three, seven, and 14. Um, but Sunday is her day out for, for months, for most of this year. She's taken it as her time out, time away from the family, away from the house. And she refuses to tell me anything, not even what time she'll be home. <laughs> like. Uh, and, and, and it's traumatic for me every Sunday is traumatic for me again. Be, I think that goes back to last year. Every Sunday was the time she would go see her ex-boyfriend and do God knows what with him. So now that she's still disappearing every Sunday and not wanting to be accountable and not wanting to be open or honest about what she's doing, even if it is innocent, um, 
her her closed offness makes it really hard for me to trust her. And um, on and what I see from her a lot is denial about her actions. She she seems unaware of how her actions have hurt me, um, even though I've told her. And she continues to blame me for everything. Uh, it is all my fault because of my sexualism. She's done nothing wrong. She's just living her life. And she seems to be in denial of the very fact that we're even married. Um, what occurred to me yesterday was, I know reality is that we are married. We have not signed any papers. We still live in the same house. We live in separate bedrooms. But it seems like she decided two years ago that we're not married. And she made that her reality. And that that's what I'm having trouble dealing with now. I, I the trust I was gonna I was gonna ask you about trust. And I, I've heard you guys talk about trust a lot. It it comes with vulnerability and time. I, I forgot the equation you guys had. It was a great one. But honesty, empathy, and consistency over time. Honesty. Yeah. Honesty, and consistency, empathy, yeah. vulnerability over time. Empathy. Yeah. Okay. Um but I'm not getting any vulnerability from her or any honesty. Right. So that's kind of or any out the empathy window. towards your pain. Right. Yeah. right. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. The opposite of the trust equation is, is very much prevalent in your relationship. Yes. So she continues to blame me for everything. She, she displays blaming, rationalizing at the time when she was seeing her ex-boyfriend, she said, that he was helping her learn how to, uh, to communicate with me in our mar marriage. But that turned into her making out with him and God knows what else that she won't, won't admit to. And justifications galore and just, yeah, and mostly it's the blame. She just, it's been, it's been four years and she still wants to blame me for mm -hmm. everything. So it sounds like, sounds like you guys have been on quite a ride for the last couple of years. Uh, I could yeah. tell I, for those who are listening, didn't get to see it, but there's definitely a lot of emotion in what you were sharing for you as well. Um, and, and of course there is, and I, and your question really is boiling down to like, what is, what is my next course of action or how do I help things to try to go right here when there seems to be all of that blame and all of that denial and, and w basically what do I do? Is that kind of what you're asking? Yes. Yeah. I, I I wonder. Uh, question back at you is: she's she's turning the tables. Um, she's focusing on you know your problems, your sexaholism, your um, and what I, what I'm gathering from you is that you're sick and tired of it. Um, you don't trust her, and you're tired of getting blamed. Mm -hmm. uh, my question is: is why mm -hmm. are you taking it? That's a good question. I'm hoping things will change, things will get better. I'm working my recovery. I, I've This year I started going to SNON as well as SA and AA. So I go to two or three meetings a day. Um, and I'm working with an SNON sponsor and working the steps. I'm finishing step four. Um, and uh, I, I've asked my sponsor many times if I can go get divorced, like if I can just move on. And he's advised, you don't have to decide that today. Let's get through the steps. Let's give God time. 
to work a miracle and, and see where you're at in a few months. So you've, you've spoken to her about your pain. You've, you've said like, Hey, this isn't okay mm-hmm. with me. Um, and, uh, she's discarded that hasn't really heard it. And then at that mm-hmm. point, when she continues to, um, hide things to not care about your feelings and then what, then what, what do you do? Well, that's where, that's where I'm at now. And it's been over the last few months where I've been able to set boundaries with her about things like that. So, and, uh, earlier this year, I, would, I told her like, cause she stayed as far as I know, she's still friends with both okay. of those guys. <laughs> and, um, so, Earlier this year, like she was telling me a story about her ex-boyfriend about time she was at his apartment. Nothing inappropriate in the story, but just that she brought him up really got on my nerves. And so after that, I set a boundary with her saying, if if she mentions either of those guys again, I'm going to walk out of the room. I can't. I can't. It's too much pain for me. I'm just going to walk away. Um, so I was able to set that boundary. And I, at the same time, I told her, like, I, I'm not going to stay in a non-monogamous marriage. Mm-hmm. And she took that. I learned by snooping, which I shouldn't do. And I don't snoop anymore. But I learned that she took that as control, that I was telling her she can't be friends with them, who, who she can and can't be friends with. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, so Rahul, yeah. I... But, yeah, I didn't answer your question. Yeah, you, you haven't. Oh, okay, I mean, go I'll, ahead. Well, hang on. I want to hear Tyler's comment because I want to get back to that question. Sure. In, in a minute. Yes, I'm sorry. Fine. I got distracted. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to go away from the direction you're going too much, Brandon. But I'm wondering if there's something going on here that's that's making this more difficult. Which is that oftentimes, if I understand this right, you're the one who basically was found out first with your addiction. And, yes. and oftentimes when you're the one who was found out with the addiction, you t- you do incur a lot of that like responsibility and even that blame for things. And eventually it turns into over the course of a long haul of time, this idea that like, well, I've just got to pay penance the rest of my life. And, and so whatever she wants to do, I better allow it to happen because I'm the one who ruined it all in the first place. And, and it's almost like this shame driven place that you're coming from. So that when things like what you're seeing now, this like blame that's coming back and this like justification for poor behaviors on her side, is it landing on a heart that believes that maybe that's just what you're supposed to do? A little bit. And it's certainly been that in the past. And my recovery is helping me to see that I'm not um, that guy. I, I am deserving of love and acceptance and and, and I and I want more and more. I want that. And so there's I've just been growing in that area. So like I was saying about the boundaries. So it's been over the last few months that I've been able to set those boundaries and to be more clear about how I feel and what I want a, in a way that is not trying to force her to do anything that that's taken a lot of growth for me to do. So it's only super recently, like a week ago that I was able to kind of tell tell her and I and I do it better over text message than than face to face um but last Sunday she was going out and I and I told her I ahead of time like when she when I saw she was getting ready I said I feel nervous knowing you're about to leave and I would appreciate it if you let me know your plans for today that's all I said and she shot back at me saying uh it's none of my business um you harassing me is the opposite of why I'm doing this I'm like 
Okay. I, that, that set my, my heart on fire, like my blood boiling again. And, um, uh, but that I was able to see like that's I, I wasn't harassing. I was, I was stating my feeling. I was making a request. I didn't demand anything but, from her. But Rob, um, and, and but that's but that's a growth. So I'm really getting to the place where I'm now faced with a decision: do I do I keep waiting or do I do well, I leave? And Ra- we have Rahul, three kids to consider like, too. Uh, so I, I actually really like what you're saying. What you're saying is I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to communicate to her who I am. Um, but yeah. that that's good. That's awesome. And it's almost like you're. You, you've now turned into like you, you bitch and moan to her about what you don't like. And then she's like, well, you know, I'm going to do whatever the heck I want anyways. And you're annoying. So knock it off. So, and then, and then she knows like, okay, he's going to re- re- kind of retreat back to his corner and then I'll go have my fun Sunday and do who knows what. Uh, yeah. right. well, Brandon, isn't that kind of how beginning boundaries often sound though, is it sounds like complaining and bitching and moaning because I'm now vocalizing my feelings. I'm just not following through on anything yet. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's good work. It's good work to, to step into that and communicate that. And Tyler and Rahul, I want to say it's, it's also you still showing up as a weak man in that relationship. And it's interesting that she's saying, well, your control is what's leading me to do all this behavior. And what I would say is that your weakness and lack of masculinity and lack of understanding of who you really are as a man, Rahul, is, 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 yeah. is making her, and I don't want to blame you. That's not what I'm trying to do, but it's actually the opposite of what she's saying. Um, and, and, and so for that's where the rubber meets the road. When you go to her and you say, Hey, could I, I'd love to know your plans. And she says, it's none of your business. There's a boundary that's deep down in there. And it's, it's goes something like this. I value partnership and I value communication. Um, I value connection and an understanding of, of what we're doing together. And when she says, you know what, forget you, I'm going to do whatever I want. She's saying, I don't care about who you are and I don't care about that value. When she does that, then yeah. what, how do you respond? Right? That's the important part is not saying it to her, but how do you respond in self-care, in authenticity, in showing who you really are in the relationship and not in, in fighting and going into drama and being a, a jerk to her, but in love for yourself that's the, that's where you show your strength. That's where you show your confidence in knowing who you are. Is this making sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's right where I'm at. And, uh, I, I responded to it by leaning into my fellowships and uh, talking to my sponsor, talking to my brothers and sisters in recovery and, and sticking with it. Um, I, I, I just don't know how to deal yeah. with her <laughs> in that situation. Yeah in situation I live in every day. Well, what, what do you need? Huh. So, so I really like what you just said. So you need some support in that moment when she says, basically, I don't care yeah. about you. So you got right. that support. That's excellent. That's, that's part of you listening to, to your truth and getting help. What else do you need? What do you need in the relationship? Well, I like what you said. I, I, I need honesty, communication, 
And I, I want to feel like we're equals but in this her, relationship. Her feedback to, that we're partners. Her feedback she doesn't want to give up her Her, her feedback pedestal. to you, though, <laughs> is I, I'm not giving honesty and connection. That's right. so, And you can't control her. So time and right. time again, you've gotten that from her. Like, I'll disconnect when you ask for that. Boom, right? I'll, I'll turn the tables. I'll yep. blame you. Okay, so <clears throat> that's what you're getting from her. So now... What do you what do you need for, to do for self care? Uh, this is where you get stumped. I don't know. I don't know. I, the the I tend to retreat, like you said. I detach mm-hmm. and retreat, and I, at least I have a safe place to go in being recovery. Uh, but I, I don't know how to be in this relationship with her and i actually i actually hear rahul that you're uh that you're kind of in this place where you're stepping into a new transition like i don't think we should throw out the baby with the bathwater here you are doing a lot of really good work here you've got a team you're working in recovery you're practicing accountability you're trying to consider the fact that you've got three children and a wife that you you don't necessarily want that relationship to end and I think that you're in the mode of even kind of being somewhere in the grieving process of realizing that your wife might be making choices that you don't have control over and that you, mm-hmm. uh, that you're not going to be able to tolerate long-term in staying where you're at. You're just not quite there yet is what I'm hearing. Yeah. You're not quite there to making the decision to, to where Brandon's leading you, you know, Brandon's leading you to say, Hey, look, I'm going to, I'm going to speak for Brandon. He was trying to lead you into it. I'm just going to say it straight up. He's saying, you're not respecting yourself. Like you, you don't believe in yourself enough to, to hold the boundaries that are necessary because we allow ourselves to be treated right up to the level. We believe it's okay to be treated. Mm -hmm. Yes. This has to do with with your self-worth. And I mean, I would, me and Tyler are saying the same thing, but I'm going to say opposite of what he said. I think you are there yet. Like, you know, you know what, what your truths are. You know, you're being played. You know that, that, uh, yeah. that you're not really in a relationship with her because she's not that open and she's not that connected to you. You know, right. all those things and, and what's <clears throat> stopping you from ultimately stepping into some really difficult boundaries is fear is and and it's fear of like gosh where do i land like if if i end up divorced what's that going to do to my kids but what about me am i lovable am i okay am i i mean there's all kinds of fears that come so it's easier to say okay like i'll be mad at you for and i mean i don't know what's happening but it sure seems like she's cheating on you on sundays i'll i'll just say that like if you if you take all the everything that you said Mm -hmm. He yes. knows that. He already yes. knows that. So, yeah. so if you see that, you know, and you know that's true, um, it's easier to, 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 to hold resentment than to actually walk through the pain of the reality of the relationship that, that you're in, right? Yeah. I'm afraid to set that consequence. That's a really put a real consequence to the boundary. Because I, I don't know what it can be short of, well, I, we need to take a step towards divorce. You're af- why are you afraid? <sighs> I, 
my um, I'm afraid of losing my kids. I'm afraid of uh, living on my own, and and I don't. It, it's a lot of what is it going to do to my kids? Because I grew up. Uh, my parents divorced when mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. around ten, and that was a really really hard time in my life. And I I I think that's when my depression started and didn't stop until recently. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, um, I'm, I'm really afraid for them of what it's going to do to them, but at the same time, I should be more, more afraid of what it's, what our current marriage yeah. is doing to them because they see the tension in the house and, and it can't be good for them. I, and I, I but, um, but so listen, listen to that fear I, that's holding I, you hostage. Like that is, that's legit. As you're a 10 year old, your parents get divorced. You know what that feels like. And you got three young kids yeah. in, in your home and you're thinking the last thing I love my kids so much. The last thing I'm going to do is inflict those wounds onto them that I had to endure. Like, I mean, that's intense. So it holds yes. you hostage. It holds you hostage to not have boundaries in your, in your relationship. And there, there really is a, a fallacy that me and Tyler see all the time, which is if you have honest boundaries in a relationship, you're actually fighting for the relationship. But good, healthy boundaries destroy toxic relationships. So it looks like you're the one that's going to destroy the relationship. When in reality, it's your wife choosing not to be in a relationship mm-hmm. with you. And, and that's what's actually going on when you show up honest. Yeah. Um, but, but there it is. There's the fear that's holding you hostage. And, and for, for good reason. Um, but I really like where you went with it. Like what are you modeling to your children and what kind of wounds are you inflicting by keeping the current system in place? Right. Yeah. What really hit me hard on Saturday, my wife was in a bad mood and she was telling the kids to, to get, to, to get ready to go somewhere. I don't know. She wouldn't stay where she was taking the kids. And my middle child was upset. He didn't want to go anywhere, wherever. And and I was asked, I was trying to ask my wife, I, without asking my sponsor, encouraged me to not ask questions to, to state feelings. Um, and um, I would say, I, I'd like to know where you're taking the kids. And I'd like to know if I can come too. And she said, out and no. <laughs> and and, uh, and uh, my son, her, he her picked up on the tension. And what he said to me was, mom hates oh, wow. you. Wow. And this is from my seven-year-old. Mom hates you. Wow. There it is. Coming from your yeah. seven-year-old. Yeah. yeah that, that hit me hard. Could I run And a- I, couldn't, I couldn't argue with them. I know she does. Yeah. But, like, I can't keep subjecting them no. to, to this. And uh, I know, getting back to the denial, what I was thinking about yesterday, because I led a meeting in Essendon, and I was talking about denial, and um, I was – Thinking back to her denial, her denial uh, about our marriage, like in her mind, we're not married. She's just living her life on her own, and she doesn't treat me like a spouse or a partner or a co-parent even. Um, um, and and then I have my own denial. I'm blaming her yes. for my problems too, mm-hmm. and and I can't figure out where reality is. Like I know we're married, but she has decided we're not married, and is if. Is me not willing to accept that my is a form mm-hmm. of denial? Yes. Or, or would that be enabling Both. if I just 
start acting like we're not married? Am I enabling her fantasy? Both. And I can't make yeah. sense of any of that. It sounds it sounds like you're on the right track there, Rahul. I want to I want to I want to have you just sit with this for a second, and you just tell me what rises to the surface. All right, so. There's there's a couple of options that you have here. One is as you go the direction that Brandon's talking about and you stand up for yourself and you hold your values and you you try to figure out how to help your kids see that those values are important. Or you stay in the marriage you're in for the kids' sake. All right? But if you stay in the marriage that you're in for the kids' sake, the work you have now to do is to be okay with everything your wife's doing so that you can suffer less. So, you're so if in. you were to yeah. sit with... Yeah, if you were to sit with either option, knowing that there's going to be work either way, which option rises to the surface is the right option for your heart to either... The first one. The first one. Why? I can't be happy. I've been trying to do the second one for two years, mm -hmm. and I can't be happy in that relationship. I, I am worthy of love and acceptance, and I, I want a partner in marriage, in life, who can love and accept me. Okay. So so when those values aren't playing out in your marriage the way they do, and you've tried for two years to figure out how to be okay with it, and you're not, what's the impact of your ability to be a father to your children when you're living in that state? Uh, it, I detach a lot, and it's my, my kids have picked up on that, and they... My, my oldest has said I, I, I hide out in my room and, and I'm not involved. Um, that what it, so on the weekend, so out of the weekend, half the weekend, I am in a state of trauma, I, at least I feel like. And, uh, and um, I, so I do detach a lot and try to take time to myself and, and do the self-care that I need. But doing that much self-care means I have a hard time um, giving my kids the love and attention that they deserve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm the other, the other thought that's you're, you're spot on there. So, so do you hear what you're saying now, Rahul? Like you're, you're starting, yeah. you're, you're actually tapping into your own value system here a little bit and, and you were pretty, you're pretty immediate with your response there. Um, I want to, I want to just illustrate something that goes back to your question. Your question was, how do I deal with my partner's denial? And really what you're asking is how do I help my partner break through their denial? And one of the best things that you can do to help your partner, if they're in denial is to live according to your values, knowing mm -hmm. that you can't guarantee the outcome. And when you're doing it according to your values, knowing you can't guarantee the outcome, you're offering an invitation into good health or a choice that's going to that's going to eventually break the relationship and either way it's going to foster change and you're going to keep your heart intact so can i can i summarize what tyler said cuz it's it's really important sure. um, when you when you show up honest and boundaryed and strong um, you're actually loving and supporting her to reflect and look at herself. Um, when you show up weak and take blame and don't have boundaries, you're, you actually give her an opportunity to hide behind you. And, 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 and so it's, it's hard. It, it, we tell ourselves the opposite. When I keep the peace, when I don't get divorced, when I, then I'm doing the right thing. I'm helping everybody. And it's actually not true. Um, I read a book over. Oh, go Could ahead, I, please. 
I was just can I just share a personal mm-hmm. story on this principle here? Um, when when my when my recovery started with D Day and everything, it was pretty rough. And um, one of the best gifts my wife ever did was she basically said, "I don't tolerate this." She actually packed up the kids, she left, and uh, she was gone for a while. And uh, when she came back, she came into the house, she put her hands on my face, she looked me in the eye, and she said, Tyler, I believe that you're the kind of man that I wanted to marry. I believe you're a good man, but I'm not going to be able to stay if you choose to do this, this, and this. And um, and she had already put her money where her mouth was because she had shown, hey, I'm not going to put up with this. And she went and got grounded, and then she came back, and then she laid out exactly what she was planning on doing and what she wanted. And that was an invitation for me to go, Oh, I want to be that guy too. Like I'm going to go work on being that guy too. And, and in our case, it helped invite the change. If I would have stayed in the same place that I was, then we likely wouldn't be married today because my wife had such a deep internal sense of like what she was willing to do and not do in a relationship. Um, and I, and I applaud her for that. It was like the biggest gift she ever gave me. But, but Tyler, if you would have said, well, I know you don't want a divorce and I'm going to keep doing these behaviors cause that's what I want to do. So I'm going to keep doing these behaviors and I'll call your bluff. I know you don't want a mm-hmm. divorce. Okay. And so then, then let's say that she is strong in her boundaries and, and you, and she ends up divorcing you because you're saying, I don't care about your truths. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, she, she then is giving you another invitation. Now there's consequence for your choice and you get mm-hmm. to deal with that consequence instead of her taking it on for you. Right. Yes. Um, so yes. now you get to deal with being divorced and that's what you chose. She, she's saying, I can't be married to a man who's not faithful to me. That doesn't work for me. And then you have more opportunity to learn and grow from the consequences that you're getting. Um, and and that's not, she's not to blame for that. Right. No, not at all. She would, I think that's, I think that's the other thing that's been riding through my brain as we've been talking here is this, it seems this way all the time that, that we love to blame others for the pain they cause us when they make bad choices. But we love to take that blame to a new level and we love to blame others for our choices because of the pain that's been caused. And that doesn't work. Like, you know, whatever, whatever I would choose to do as a result of my wife divorcing me would still be mine. And I'd have to take ownership for that. Yeah. The same way that she'd have to take ownership for her choices to divorce me, even though it would be painful, it would still be her choice. But, but if I can have my cake and eat it too, if I can have affairs, if I, I can go off every Sunday, do what I want, hide it from my spouse, treat my spouse like dirt, but you know what? He's still going to pay the bills. He's still going to take care of the kids. He's still going to hold like all this stuff so that we can keep the family together and not look bad like we're getting divorced. Hey, this is a great situation. But guess who has to has to get screwed here and take the brunt of it? Rahul. Rahul. (laughs) You know, (laughs) yeah. Um, uh, Rahul, are you are you Christian? Are you religious? No, uh, I didn't grow up religious. Um, I've only found uh, spirituality through the program, okay. mm-hmm. through recovery. So I, I've gotten to that place where I believe in my higher power. So do you like if your higher power, if you got a feeling like something was right and that something that was right felt wrong, 
<laughs> well, it not felt wrong. It seemed wrong. So like, let's say you got a feeling that getting divorced was right. Okay. And I was going to use the analogy of Abraham and Isaac, right? Like I was talking to somebody yesterday and I was saying, if God told me to do something, if it seemed crazy, if it seemed crazy, I need to still do it. If God told me to do it, because if God's telling me to do it, there, there's this space where you step into the dark, you step into the unknown. And if you have this good, peaceful feeling from a higher power saying, this is the right thing to do, even though it's scary and hard and painful, then it's still the right thing to do. You just don't know how, it, how the, all the cards are going to fall, right? And fear will come in and say, no, yeah. no, 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 I got to hold on to, and make sure the cards fall a certain way. But if your higher power is there and you turn your will and your life over to the care of a higher power who's got you, step three, then you're going to just go forth with these boundaries and not so much fixate yeah. on how this is all going to end up. Does, it, does that make sense? Yeah, uh, right. Uh, what, what you're saying makes sense. Uh, I've been learning more and more about the difference between my will yeah. and God's will. Uh, it's, it can be, it's, it's a, it's confusing early on. And um, what helped me a lot that I heard recently some, in one of my meetings was the difference between God's will and, and my will is urgency. Mm. Um, mm. If it's urgent, that's my will. <laughs> um, huh. uh, so I, I've been part of what I'm waiting, why I'm still in this situation is I, I'm waiting till I feel more at peace with the decision. So that way I, more clear that it's God's will and not my will because I've been wanting to get divorced for months. <laughs> like I've been thinking about it for a long time. I think there's some real merit to coming to that place of peace. And I, I would also suggest that it's not just waiting on God. That's going to like give you the peace. It's continuing the journey and the work of caring for yourself mm -hmm. the way that you're trying to care for yourself that will elevate yep. your ability to, to have that peace. And when, Absolutely, and when that's I, what I'm doing. Yeah, and and I hear that in you, and I think that that's gonna that's gonna happen. I, I wonder. Um, I'm I'm kind of somewhere in between because I wonder if it if you're kind of using that as denial. So, do, do you understand what yeah. I mean? Like it's like possible. you're in a lot of yeah. fear to yeah. actually move forward. So then it's I can justify not moving forward by having my sponsor, my program, and everybody say stay in patience, but. But what I, because from the get go, what I'm hearing from you is like, I'm not in peace. Um, I'm not, a, you, you're pretty clear about what your truths are and how you're feeling and where you're at. That's pretty clear to me. Um, Tyler, would you say that yeah. too? Would you? I mean, the, with how quick he answered that earlier question, we know, we know where your values lie. We know that you've tried it for two years and that, and that having a, an open relationship isn't going to work with your value system. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty solid. We're just we know reflecting that. that I mean, back that's not going to change. Rahul, is, is yeah. that that's what we're noticing, that you're pretty clear about where you're at. Um, and so then the question it, that I would lead to is then, like, to really search out, why am I really waiting? Is, is it because yeah. I don't want to be stuck in urgency? Part of it is is I, I did set some boundaries with my wife, and I, I got more specific, a little more specific with her earlier this year, and I, I said... Um, well, I don't know if it's more specific, but I said if I see anything that looks like an inappropriate relationship is going on, then one of us needs to move out of the house. Um, and uh, and ever since then, she's been 
super secretive about everything she does. But hang, hang on here. Hang on oh. here. If I see anything that it seems like an inappropriate... Li- yeah. So uh, she yeah. slept with other men and she leaves on Sundays and doesn't tell you where she goes at all. Is that... Is that uh, That seems like it's... Right? Yeah. It seems like something that is very much showing. <laughs> see, uh, a little bit of denial on my yes. part, maybe, but yeah. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to see the benefit. Maybe she's detaching... And just what doing something by say? herself. I really don't know. Oh, come on. Like, we, 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 we know what's happening here, man. Like, <clears throat> inside of a relationship, why, why would it not be okay, like, even for safety purposes, if you actually had a relationship to say, hey, I'm doing my Sunday self-care, and I'm going to be in this general vicinity because if something goes wrong, you can come find me. I'll be up in the mountains, or I'll be doing this, or I'll be doing that. Like, to have it be yeah, that that's what I to have it be that secretive, especially right after you went to her and talked to her and said, "Hey, I'm not really comfortable with you going to hang out with your old boyfriend that you've already been going to every Sunday and like, admitting physical contact with." Right? Come on, it doesn't work. Yeah. Like this is this is one of those things where it's like this is one of those things where it's like you don't have to have the facts to know the truth. Yeah. Like your your gut, your heart already knows what's going on. And this is where Brandon might be getting might getting it a little right here is is that you kind of know, but it's convenient for both of you to not know. So you can blame her because yeah. she's you can complain about her because she's not being honest, but you don't really know if she's having an affair or not. And then she can complain about you being whiny and complaining, and so she can justify staying secretive. And both of you guys, yeah. I guess, are getting exactly. part of what you want, which is to stay stagnant. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, I, and I go back to stories I heard from my sponsor or the people that God makes it clear when yeah, you need yes. to make, That's, when you I need agree to act. And yes, heard some stories about, well, it, they were in this kind of situation for a while. And then somebody saw a text message on the phone or something like that, uh, that they, and that made it clear that what was going on. So I'm, I still feel like I'm in this, in this limbo okay. where it's, it's not, Yes, it is suspicious. My wife's behavior is suspicious, but it's not clear. And and you're right. And I could I could act on the suspicion or. But and or I, I guess what me waiting. and Tyler are saying is, it it seems a bit more clear than what you're willing to acknowledge, right? In that you know, and and we could lay out the facts again. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying to act on the suspicion. I'm saying to act on the gut feeling and the principle. Like there's, mm. there's real principle here. That's like, you live in a marriage where you don't even talk to each other about where you're going. Like, yeah. come yeah. on, like that, that can take action without needing to have the, the big, the, the flame. There's plenty of smoke. The principles yeah. are there. I can set boundaries according to those principles. I don't have to wait for the big thing. Yeah, to blow You're up. living in a marriage where she's spewing hate that's at true. you and your seven year old saying mom hates you because she like the, like the the evidence doesn't need to be a text message from another guy saying the evidence can be exactly how she treated you that day in that moment when she disconnected and said butt out of my life um and that's a principle yeah. of being treated with respect inside of a relationship yeah. um mm-hmm. but you're you said you know, urgency might be coming from you. And I, I would, I would ask you to kind of look at this. I believe that, um, our higher power speaks from a place of, of peace and love. So like, if it's a really hard decision, I'm going to feel peace about it moving forward with it. 
I believe the adversary speaks from a place of fear. And so when fear enters in, it can get us to do things and justify things and make certain decisions out of fear. And if we act out of that fear, it leads to suffering and it leads back to us needing to learn lessons again. Um, But, and I guess what Tyler and I are picking up on Rahul is we don't want you to suffer anymore. We don't want you to be stuck in that fear. We want you to trust yourself because your gut is speaking to you. Your intuition is in there. Um, so so yeah. you don't need to sign the divorce papers today. Um, but by dang, like I hope next time she turns the tables and blames you and drags you through the mud and disconnects in that way, you stand up to that and you say, this isn't okay. And I'm going to move it. I'm going to leave for the night. I'm going to like this. I'm going to actually follow through with this isn't working for me. Um, and so, yeah. How are you feeling Rahul as we're kind of talking to you here? Um, you're telling me a lot of truth and, and I hear a lot of good, uh, advice sticking to my values and, and sharing with you guys has helped me see my values more clearly. I appreciate that. And I guess the, the next thing that's kind of, I, I need to think about is, is what, um, what con- well, I think of boundaries as having consequences. So if, if I were to have a boundary about uh, about the respect in a relationship and, and communication, then what's the consequence yes. that I can use when she when she violates the boundary? And I, I don't yet have an answer for that because I, I don't want it to go straight to I'm right. signing I'm calling the lawyer. No. Um, so I have to think about that, probably talk to my sponsor about that and figure out what kind of consequence I can, I can realistically use in that situation. The consequence needs to be what you need. It's not what you're doing to her. So, so whatever you need, when you need respect, you've already outlined some boundaries. You said, I'm not going to talk to you if this, if we're going to talk about these specific things, right? Which is also convenient because now you guys can both stay in the dark on that. Um, But but it's uh, it's it's what you're going to do to protect your heart. That's that's the thing that is the consequence, and people get that wrong all the time. And then the byproduct is is that when you do that, she'll say things like you're controlling or you're doing this or that. That's not why you're doing what you're doing. That's what she happens to interpret, and she gets a chance to make some choices again. Yeah. Um, Rahul, we got to so. wrap up, but I want to say to you before we go, um, Tyler and I. I, I <laughs> I think we're both empaths. We're very empathetic and that sounds a little arrogant to say that, but it's true. And the the truth is is I, I feel like we can kind of feel other other people's souls a little bit and know who they are and see through all of the shame and all of the crap. You know, you saying you're an alcoholic and a sex addict and you've beat yourself up for a long time and your self worth has just been beaten down and uh, over and over again. And the, the, the reason why we're getting fired up today is Tyler, you want to tell him why we're getting fired up? Yeah, exactly. I've been having this feeling for like the last 15 minutes. It's funny you'd say this, Brandon, is, is that I see a guy who's been kicked around and probably kicked himself around and made a whole bunch of mistakes in his life. And now he's showing up. And what I see is a wholehearted man striving the best to be the best man he can be who has a heart that's full of love and a heart that's full of passion. And the only thing that's stopping him from stepping into that next phase of life is true acceptance of that fact. Like right Mm -hmm. now, that's who you are. 
Rahul. That's who you are today. Yeah. That's what we see. So. Okay. Rahul, thank you. thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate you being vulnerable, for sharing. Um, we hope that you found it helpful. Um, and uh, for anybody who's listening, if this was helpful to you, if you learned from Rahul's experience, um, please, please share it with anybody who needs it. Um, and we really appreciate you listening. Thanks, guys. Thank you.